Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with your show. Divers, welcome back to another episode of Vinyl Divers. What is up? What is up? I'm your host, Anthony Mullen, and whoo, man, it has been very busy here. Uh, I always feel like I'm saying it, you know, social distancing. It, it's weird because some people are working, some people are not working, uh, some people are in bands or are trying to put out their own content, and I guess you would consider that work full time, yet they're not touring, so you know, they're trying to do what they can until they're able to. Me over here, I, all I have to do is just, you know, really plug in a microphone and start talking and you guys listen. I don't know why. I'm sorry that you do, but hey, you chose to listen to this for whatever reason. That's on you. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I had the bumper at the very beginning, but I just want to go over something with all of you that, uh, I don't know, maybe you didn't listen to it. Maybe you skipped through it until I start talking. I just want to let you all know, <clears throat> if you're in the Buffalo area, you've been to Western New York. Uh, you ever been down downtown? There's a new bar that opened up, I think it was last year, uh, called Masudo Chow's. It's the bass player from Stone Sour, Johnny Chow. Uh, he, he opened up this incredible diet, this incredible restaurant, arcade, Asian uh, sushi kind of Japanese cuisine. And I'm going to tell you, it is, it's, it's become the hot spot of Buffalo. If, you've, uh, if you go on Instagram and search hashtag uh, Pink Staircase, I'm almost positive you're going to see the pictures of their staircase that everyone is going to take pictures with. And at, here at the network, we're really, really trying to show and support our local businesses. And we love the other businesses out here in Buffalo. We love to stay local. We, we use a Buffalo, Buffalo local, really local, Buffalo local. Yeah. And one of the things that we're doing here at the network is that Chris has gone through his uh, boxes of comics and he pulled out some big, big uh, numbers that we are doing off. And it's going to be considered a uh, network giveaway. So what you do is you go over to our Instagram at BICBP Network. And there's a post that the picture has a uh, issue of Wolverine number one, uh, Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, X-Force number one signed by Rob Liefeld, and then also the Spider-Verse uh, Gwen Stacy, the first appearance of uh, Spider-Gwen. And if you, want either of the, if you want any of those, all you have to do, I'm going to read the post for everyone right here, said... Uh, to help support the GoFundMe for Masuda Chows during this uh, time of COVID-19, what we're doing is that uh, if you want to get up for it, what you got to do is head over to the GoFundMe for Masuda Chows. Uh, you can find the link at the network Instagram. It's right in our bio. Or head over to Masuda Chows or Stone Sours and find the link through them. And what, what we really just want you to do is, uh, first up, comic book collectors, 
So if you're if you're a collector, this is something you do want to get in. One of these books alone is valued at $150. Uh, what is up for grabs is X Force number one, signed by Rob Liefeld. Deadpool Secret Secret Wars number two, this first Gwenpool. Wolverine number one, signed by Chris Claremont. Edge of Spider Verse number two, first Spider Gwen. Now the way you can get this is head over to the link over at Masuda Child's Relief Fund and make a donation. Then what you're going to do is send an email to BICBPRadio at gmail.com with a screenshot of the proof of your payment as well as which comic book giveaway you're interested in entering into. All it takes is a minimum of a dollar. If you want to be entered in for more than one book, the minimum donation is $20. Uh, we're going to do a random drawing on the network Instagram live on May 30th uh, this next month. So if you want to get in on it, you know, head on over there, check it out, and then, you know, keep an eye out for, you know, see if you win. Anyway, now that we're through that, which, you know, if you all can, Divers Molinites, please, if anything, please try to go and help them out if you can, please. But enough of that. I have a guest on uh, Skype waiting to talk here and he's been patiently with me uh letting me trying to trying to butcher through that intro and what i gotta say about this guest is he's not some generic band member that i've reached out to through facebook or instagram that i've never met i've seen him probably play once or twice it's not like that this is a, a good friend of mine and i can't believe it took me till now to reach out and actually get him in on the show he is someone that uh he was always around in the jazz room uh, i known him actually since back in elementary school he was a friend of mine's older brother, and who knows? Who, who would have knew that? To this day, I'd still see him touring and jumping with different bands and kicking it off. Uh, we have today Ricky Coates from Keep Flying. Hi, everybody. What's up? Uh, dude, thank you for calling in. And I am sorry it took this long to get you in on the show. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah, I'm Ricky Coates. I would say majority of my role is merchandise management. You'll see me out there with a bunch of different bands. Um, right now, I do full-time with Keep Flying when they're out on the road doing merch. I've been filling a little bit on horn with them, so people have been seeing me play a little bit more, which is cool. Um, it's cool for me, too, because I get to play again. Um, I used to play in bands around Buffalo, um, and then I went and moved to New Jersey for a little bit, played in a band called Survey Says, and did that full-time for a few years before we stopped playing. And then I took a break um, and went into work mode and working with bands, which is cool. Um, it's gotten me to do a lot of fun tours, uh, go out with a lot of friends, not just keep flying. I've gone mm -hmm. with my buddies, uh, previously Harbor, now Fortune Cove. Um, I got to work Riot Fest in Chicago a few times. I've worked uh, the Warp Tour in Atlantic City when it was over there. So it's a lot of fun. That's, um, that's awesome. But yeah, so I... To talk about the spot, well, not even the sponsor, just what Anthony was talking about. I want to see those pink staircases. Like that was one of the things when I got home, like almost two months ago now that I was planning on doing. Um, when you're out on the road for a while, you have like a checklist of things you want to do when you mm -hmm. get back within the first couple of weeks. And because of our lovely pandemic, everything's kind of been put on pause, which is fine. Gives you time yeah. to work on stuff, reflect. So dur during this current time, uh, has anything really kind of changed for you right now? Because what I'm seeing now is people have either done a 180 and their job and work life has unfortunately been just kind of halted stop. And then some people, their jobs have been like, oh, no, you're still going to work. And it's going to keep moving the same now, just remotely. So what's going on with you? Is it kind of? Um. Well, for me, so being like a, a merch manager, I don't really have many live events to do. Uh, my plan when I got back was to hit up some friends, work in some of the venues around town. But because of large groups being kind of disbanded at this time, it's a little less active than expected, um, which is interesting because I know a lot of people in my situation where we're more of like the workers of the music industry. We have a lot of side jobs too, whether it be like Instacart, Uber, um, Lyft, stuff like that. And you see like a transition. Like I've seen actual pictures of people with like giant plastic taped between their driver and them if they're riding like a Lyft or an Uber because of like what's going on. And respect to that driver for putting that in and still grinding through. But I, I know a lot of people are taking a break off just to kind of distance themselves from everything going on. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of doing other side things right now. I've got a bunch of junk I've been going through at my house that I've been selling off on eBay. Oh, nice. Um, w w any anything uh, 
any top class items up for sale right now? <laughs> Nothing really. Uh, Tell telemarketer just like style. T-shirts, knickknacks, stuff like that. Um, if you want the high tier stuff, um, if any of you follow John from Keep Flying, he's the sax player in the band. He is going through his attic, his room of like a billion different collectibles of anything, like movies, it's, music. Like it is anything just, and everything. And um, the guys in the band, they've been doing a really good job about like staying doing live stuff on Instagram every day or every couple days. So I think they posted a schedule Monday and mm -hmm. you'll see it every Monday or Sunday what oh, yeah. we're doing for the week. Uh, have you thought about doing any jumping in on the live streams at all? Not that you have to, but have you have you thought of any uh, ideas of what to contribute we've talk, to? We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, they're like um, we call ourselves like. Everyone that's not in Keep Flying is considered part of the fellowship. So there's like myself um, doing merch. There is our media content guy, Jesse, who does a lot of the music videos. Um, you'll see his hand with the tape recorder for the new live album because he literally bought that like hours before the show. And that's all we used to record that album. <laughs> really? So I didn't know the story yeah. about that album drop. I thought it was a fan that did. So, But uh, did you guys know that was happening when he brought that recorder in? So... What happened was um, we we were doing the live shows, the big release for Unbreakable um, holiday show at uh, Amityville Music Hall, which is one of the Keep Flying Hometown venues, essentially. I get to do merch outside, which is great because if you cram it inside, it sucks. There's like a little hallway. I'd rather be outside where it's cold. It was like snowing one year, the year before. So that was fun for me. I wore snow pants, so I was ready. Uh, <laughs> but back cool. to the show. No, we had planned on doing a lot of fun stuff. Like we, I uh, was there. I, I was still filling in on trumpet at the time. I was doing as many songs as I could. We went through all the keep flying songs and then did like the full unbreakable three set in the middle. Um, but no, we had, we had a couple cameras going on. We were just planning to shoot for content, stuff like that. Um, Jesse had gotten that recording device, like I said, a few hours before and just popped it up somewhere and uh he showed john the audio from it john showed the rest of the band and they were all really excited to how good it sounded for something that was just so simple that's uh, well i if i recall from the image it looked like it was one of the zoom fours i think and we, we have a zoom uh zoom that we use for the network when we go out to live and it has beautiful quality so i can i'm very excited and uh to hear and listen to what it sounds like on vinyl because you guys threw up that giant kickstarter or not kickstarter you guys threw out the giant pre-order and it was then like what 10 minutes the the limited press copies were gone yeah there was so there was the uh the test press bundle that's literally sold out in like a minute, minute. i think there were only like 15 or 20 copies but i think it was 15 but it yeah like i i looked at it and then i refreshed and it was already gone I'll uh, we had a bunch of people bummed out about that so that was sad but also kind of cool i'll tell you uh, uh i was i was at work waiting for when it was hitting and i was getting ready cool. and i went to go hit refresh and for whatever reason i thought it added two of them in my cart and i'm like i don't have enough money to buy two so i had to take one out and within the time of me taking one out and refreshing the page it's gone damn that's it was, it was wild like, it was like oh my god oh no i lost <laughs> it and then i get a message from chris saying i got mine i'm like damn you <laughs> like god <laughs> But I got the regular one, which I, I'm excited to wait for. But I think it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy that well, live test print went that fast, that quickly, and the reception still for the following day for the rest of the live album. Uh, has it sold out yet? The whole live album? Do you know? It hasn't sold out yet. I know we did 300 copies. I want to say at most there's like 50 to 75 left. All right, that's not bad. At least you got a little bit of a selection for people. You guys touring people can buy it then, I guess, if they want to. Oh yeah, and I mean we like we think of it in a sense where like it, it'd be great if it sold out. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have something on the table to put out music wise yet, but it'd be cool. Yeah. Um and that that was kind of our thought too, is like we put it out and it was originally it was gonna be just like a record store day drop type deal, but obviously with everything going on it was kind of a little weird. Um but yeah, it I, I think it's going great. There's still a few copies left, so if you want it, go grab it on the Smart Punk website. Go do it. Um but yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's really all we like keep flying can do at a time like this where the band's very active energy wise, like showmanship wise. And that's how 
a lot of bands at this level kind of spread themselves. It's not, we don't put a lot of money into marketing as a business. Like not a lot of bands do that on this tier because Mm -hmm. it's, it's all word of mouth. You've got so much going on and it's either going to be through Spotify playlists that you find new stuff or just friends telling you. Yeah. Well, I'll say you guys definitely have a grind and the, uh, I mean, uh, the band in general keep flying. There's a grind and there's an energy and there is a there's a caliber of just excitement that word of mouth doesn't do it justice. But I'll say, <laughs> but like more or less for you to Ricky for you, Ricky, like in any time I've ever seen you on stage in any band, your energy in general is awesome. You are top tier. You don't ever put out anything less than a hundred. I don't think I've ever seen you put out anything less than a hundred percent. For real. Thank you. Uh no, dude, I appreciate that. Um I, so yeah, start, I guess, I don't know. I never, growing up, I never expected to play in bands. Yeah. So I guess taking advantage of like what I have is been my biggest thing, especially now where I can actually play even a little bit again. Well, going, going back there because, uh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone ever really kind of knows a story outside of the friends from school and from when people knew when you guys were in college. Uh, so you went to Weefield. And you ended up playing trumpet. Yep. I played trumpet since like the fourth grade um, with that fun standard music test everyone had to do. And they're like, here, you're an instrument for fourth and fifth grade and continue if you want to go in middle school. Now, um, so I did. I kind of did. It was an easy grade. I, I'm i not going to lie and say I was the best musician or I practiced diligently mm-hmm. because I was in the sixth grade. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, so... I, I chugged through middle school. We get to high school. It's similar kind of concept where it's like, all right, well, you can kind of stick with this. There's an out if you want it. Um, but yeah, within like, I'd say the first week of my freshman year, I was in a math class with now one of my best friends in the world. Um, but I had just met him because of a science seating. Um, <laughs> So my, my now best friend, Alec Doobie, um, turned around and asked me if I wanted to be in a ska band. I'll be honest with everyone. I had no idea what a ska band was. I had no idea what ska was. I was 14. Um, I was still in that phase where like I listened to just the radio a lot. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of rock music. Like I think Linkin Park was pretty big at the time still. And like, yeah, we're looking at like 2004. Or 2004, 2005. Oh my God. Yeah. 2004, 2005. So, okay. So how did you, you, you go from, you did, so because you played trumpet, you never pictured playing in a band and touring playing trumpet, obviously I feel right. Yeah. I had no idea. Like that (laughs) was a thing. Um, so, so we, we started our ska band for a talent show. Um, it did okay. I think we took third or something. But then we had the usual too many people in a ska band. You take a year to like figure out if you actually want to be a band and practice or not. Mm-hmm. We call those the lost years. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we kept doing shows. Um, actually, it was kind of cool being in a high school and still opening for a lot of support, ba- like a lot of touring bands around Buffalo. I think by like my senior year, we started doing like branching out, going to Syracuse, um, Albany, Rochester, stuff like that. Um, but also, <laughs> sorry, I just remembered like finding like we we get on shows from like posting on message boards. Really? Like uh, I remember it was MC Chris. I I don't, I don't know I remember... if you know the nerd. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, he put, he did like 2008, 2009, he would post like asking about local support in his message board. And you'd like post and he'd be like, all right, well, these guys are going to do this show. These guys are going to do this show. And I remember having to turn down opening for him in Albany because it was a Sunday night. And we like we were all still in high school. No one wanted to like go out and do that before and then come back five hours to wake up and go to high school at six in the morning. Man, that's, that's cool. See, I didn't know about that much uh, as far as like. Yeah, so that was cool. Like that. MC Chris sang me happy birthday on my 18th birthday the next day. <laughs> that is something to say. Uh, now, I remember you guys touring after a little bit after high school. Did you guys ever do any touring during high school, like during the summer? I don't remember that because I remember Nothing seeing. Nothing too crazy. Um, we had one booked and then 
by one booked, I mean, it was like a slew of three random shows out near like New York and New Jersey. One had like an actual guarantee. The rest were kind of shit. And everyone decided to be last minute and telling me we weren't going to do it anymore. But we would, we, we also were in the planning stages of like, all right, how are we going to drive all our stuff? Are we going to rent up like, a van a bus and being like 18 19 17 like no one's yeah like aware of what to do <laughs> well I, I think that's kind of that's one of the challenges is that when you come out of high school or even like the senior year is that some people are 18 some people are able to some people don't even have vehicles or cars so you get a sky band of you guys were eight eight deep with a chaos right yeah Yes, at, at some point. It was like eight or nine, and it was just... It, it, it varied. I think the max was nine. The least was either like six or seven. So, I mean, but so regardless, traveling, you guys were going to have to use two vehicles if you were, and I, I can only imagine what it's kind of like, like, like struggling of like, we want a tour, but how can we realistically? Um, oh, yeah. And I mean, that was kind of um, fast forward to... So after AKS was done, I went to college in Fredonia. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing in a reggae band randomly because someone needed another horn player. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm not like, don't get me wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a great appreciation for reggae, but playing it live is not cohesive exactly with how I am a, as a person. Okay. Like Anthony said, I'm kind of high energy on stage. I like to be. I like to just run around and like. I'm very fortunate, at least filling in right now, where it's a lot of friends I've either played with before or growing up playing with before that are also of that energy caliber. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of feed off each other. Um, but yeah, so I went to college, played a reggae band. After that, myself and a couple, another person from high school actually asked me to be in a ska band with them, um, which they're doing great. The Tonys, Tony oh. Lamatia, and now <laughs> Tony Barifano. Well, they're both Tony Barifano now. Yeah, right. They got married. Um, so we played in a band called Lightning Kill My Parents, um, which was fun. That was actually the first band I got to do fuller tours on with. Um, but the first tour was eight days across New York State in two cars. The Pontiac Montana and a Pontiac Vibe. Now, I heard you say cars, not vans. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, we had, well, so, it was a Pontiac Montana and a Pontiac Vibe, so like an SUV and a minivan. Oh, okay. So not all right. That still had to be cramped we, though. We had we had um, I think it was eight of us total. Oh my gosh! Because we had everyone in the band, and then we had one guy who rode with us that would dress up as a dinosaur, and by that I mean you just wear like a dinosaur mask and run around to entertain people. Dude, that being said, it worked out pretty well. Um, we. <laughs> We had one person from each city we played in. Really? Across the state. Yeah. So we never had to worry about a place to stay. I didn't know that. It was all pretty easy to like manage. Um, Because myself and the Tonys were from Buffalo. We stayed with them. Max, our Barry Sax player, was from Rochester. Corey, the guitar, one guitar player, was from Syracuse. And then Shannon, Brian, and Dylan. I can't remember if all of them were on that tour. They were all on that tour. Um, we're all from the Long Island area, so we'd rotate throughout them. Oh, that's cool. I... Yeah, so I was using the best of it. Um, I will say, though, that band had – we also made some really bad decisions driving-wise. We once drove down just from Fredonia to Greensboro, North Carolina, for a one-off show. Was I will this... not say that's a bad decision, though, because that is one of the favorite shows I've had. Is this the one that – with the breakdown? No, that was a different tour. Okay, because I, um, I remember same, following that. From the sto- same city, though. I remember following that story on Facebook and like, hey guys, the van broke down. We need to get home. <laughs> yeah, um, that was that was actually yeah that was the last lightning tour. So that one was going out with survey says. Um, this was before I had filled in. This was just kind of like we had done a couple shows together. We're mm-hmm. like, all right, we've never been out to the Midwest. They're a touring band. We're trying to tour more often and regular. We had played a couple shows with them a year before. Um, so we did that, and that was a lot of fun. Now, um, but, yeah, the last day we were leaving Greensboro, and we were trying to make it to Pittsburgh and broke down. I think it took either seven or eight toes collectively to get everyone home. Um, also, my parents drove down to meet us in West Virginia to pick up everyone because I think 
Tony had a job interview the next day. Someone had a job interview the next day that they had to be at. And I'm like, all right, I will pool resources to like, we were all using our own AAA. So like one person would call, we get towed to another stop. This is highly illegal um, and frowned upon, <laughs> but it worked. So I'm, I'm okay with it because it's over now. You got to do what um, you got to do. Uh, now, tra- yeah. now, now, what was cool about you is that as a friend and as a musician, so I kind of get like on the friend level, I get to see like, hey, I have a friend that was in a high school ska band, a college ska band that got more successful. You then jumped into a touring ska band, and then you end up going international, jumping from AKS to Lightning. What were some of the instant differences? Did it feel like high school, kind of like a high school band, but you're all now in a college setting, or was there higher caliber of like music writing? Has it did it change at all from that jump? Um, I'd say it was. Uh, I'd say there was definitely some changes. Um, and it's just part of it's just the dynamic of the people you're working with. Um. In high school, only a few of us were avid songwriters or tried to like develop music, and that's that's just growing as people. Um, in college, we had a few more people in the band who would write music, play out songs, and we kind of fed off each other a little more. But that being said, like I personally, Lightning Come My Parents was very eclectic in style. You get like old timey ragtime songs, but then like the songs I would write would be like super punk and like intense (laughs) yeah so you you just get like feels all across the board from the different like but that's kind of how the genre is if you don't like subdivide yourself you have such a wide brand um but no i'd say it was definitely more of a serious aspect like everyone it wasn't our main focus but everyone took it more seriously than you would like a high school band or like someone with well yeah i mean i I guess that would just be kind of and not not to bash anyone from high school in in bands then writing something there, but it is just a you're older, a little bit more matured. I just didn't know if like you know maybe maybe it was a drastically, but it was just kind of kind of seemed like it's a progressive, um, progressive now, gradual like, yeah. and that's that's the thing too. Like a lot of people, you grow as people, you mm-hmm. you diversify. Like um, actually, most of the guys I played with in AKS are playing in other bands still. Whether it be like cover bands, original bands, um, I know Jason, the one bass player, still plays in a lot of active metal bands in Buffalo and is touring pretty regularly too. Still, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I want I want to jump into Survey Says and Keep Playing, but up until now, your musical influences, uh, what were some of the ska bands that kind of pushed you in this direction? Was there so for me, just from like kind of a relation, like. When I first found out about you guys, it was from Josh Kearns. He said, "Listen to AKS," because he was. I think we had said we saw a flyer in the Music Wing, and I was like, "Who is this? Like, what is this?" And he goes, "It's ska band." I go, well, "What's ska?" And he goes, "You'll like it. Go look him up on YouTube." And then he said, "Well, go look at Real Big Fish." And I found Real Big Fish, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And I felt like that was very heavy. Uh, that poppiness was much of an inspiration when I attempted to write songs growing up in high school, and even a couple years ago uh, for you, was there a different, was there a different uh, it, s- selective influences or was it kind of like you took from everything or where did uh, that come from? So I guess at first it was kind of a crapshoot. Like I remember going on Amazon and like searching ska bands. Cause this was the time when Coinstar also popped off. So like I had a bunch of coins and I would take them to the Coinstar machine. And instead of getting fees taken away, I would get Amazon gift card balances and then I would use this to buy CDs off of Amazon that I had like I had no idea about, but I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. I'll give this a shot. And it's funny because like some bands I'm friends with now, like it's the weirdest thing. Like one of them that sticks out is Patent Pending, um, and this was like one of their like tail end um, more scosh. They had horns they don't anymore. It's fine. They're great guys. They put right a lot of great like poppy and fun music. Still but good. this one, it was uh, the Save the Whales album, which okay. was a lot of fun in my opinion. But no, I mean, I'd listen to like, I'd find the Aquabats, I'd find the Boss Tones, I'd like, I'd use LimeWire and search the genre and like try and listen to tracks and find stuff. Um, but I, I found like, I don't know, I found that I, I love Real Big Fish, they're great guys, mm-hmm. but I'm, I guess I, the poppiness I appreciate but it's not something I go to listen to every day. Mm-hmm. 
Like I found that I, I enjoyed playing heavier stuff and like just having that kind of energy and thrash to it. Um, so like <clears throat> I'd play it like, I don't know. And also I just grew up listening to a lot of like the bands around us, like do it with malice, the LeVar mm-hmm. Bertones from Rochester, public access from Albany. Like, yeah. Uh, now when you said like you prefer more of a edgierness comparatively to uh, the poppiness from like real big fish. Now, do you mean more of like a ska core? I guess. I mean, ska core, I guess would be the good way to say it, but yeah, just heavier. Like, I've seen bands with like a horn section and just straight metal guitar and bass going on behind them, and it rocks. Um, one of my favorite covers, well, two of my favorite covers are like I would consider more rock and metal covers would be like Public Access did a crazy rendition of Raining Blood that I got to see live when I was younger, and it was awesome. Um, a band called Corporate Fandango out of Greensboro does System of Down covers, which they rip. They're great musicians and they orchestrated it very well. And that's the other thing too. Like if you're going to do something crazy or not even crazy, just like a cover, you have to make it something so head turning that it impacts people that way. I think that's one of the reasons I actually gravitated towards ska so much is that one of my favorite things was finding the ska covers of songs. Um, there is one cover that I remember watching and I found a YouTube video of it that I actually had used like the YouTube MP3 player to rip it on my old, old, old iPod. Um, it was cherry pop, not cherry pop and daddies. I know it's not them. I can't remember the band name. It's sweet cherry something, but they do a cover of sweet child of mine. And there's a, there was a live cover of it. It was like, Oh, you could do a Scott cover of like eighties hair model. Like to me, I remember that was really cool. Uh, in your years of playing, was there any cover that you guys, that you have actually been a part of or play that you just really were like, I love covering this song, whether it be a, whether it be just a song you guys converted to a Scott song, or is it something you guys didn't do Scott and you just put your horns on it? Um, all right. Favorite of playing. I'll be honest, probably not. <laughs> okay i can remember like a few um you know, we, i've done like joel cup co- like billy joel covers and like um there was one time i did for like a college show we did hey ya by outcast okay but no. I, I i'm from i don't know i i i'm weird about covers that's okay <laughs> I, there's nothing I wrong with like that it, I know. I, I just, I feel bad because it makes me feel like I sound like an old person where I'm like, no, you're going to make your new music and you're going to make it so you have something to show for yourself. But that's also because I feel like, I don't know, it's the weariness of getting pigeonholed. Like you're that band who did that cover and that's pretty much all you're known for. I like that. I, I, I can respect that. And it's not to take away from the bands that end up, you know, killing it with a cover. It's just more of yeah. a, it's just, because you do see that. It's more of a weariness of if you succeed that well, where, where does the line end up for you? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just too unpredictable, I guess. No, it, ma- it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Uh, m- moving from lightning. So I remember at w- one point uh, you, you go away to college. You start, I saw you playing lightning. Can my parents, you guys rock it. I love it. After this, I'm going to have to hit you up to be able to get the digital downloads for that because I've lost my copy of the CD since then i'll have to find it somewhere i don't i, I might have it <laughs> uh, either you or one of the tonys have it i know somewhere i feel um and then i remember at some point you guys end up touring with survey i, I was lucky enough i got to open and play up uh, play uh play for you guys open for you guys you actually jumped on stage which was sweet and then i think after that tour i remember seeing you then tour with survey and i was like wait when did this transition happen so how did I don't know. I, I've never I've never heard about how you went from not to playing with them to now you're touring. So where did that jump from? Oh, it's a mix of things. Uh, uh, it, is, it, it's is, it a, is it a mix we can jump? Best, one of the best problem solutions that have ever happened in my life. Um, so fast forward, Lightning's done its thing. Just before that, in the winter, we had done that tour where we had broken down. Um, it's my last semester of college. I have no plans for after graduation. Uh, um, Henry Menzel, one of my best friends now hits me up and he's like, Hey, I don't know if you're doing anything. Would you mind filling in on horn for this time? Like, I don't know if Mike, the sax player couldn't get in 
tour at the time because he was also in school. Um, I was like, I can do my spring break. It's this week to this week. Um, and lo and behold, I was able to, I was supposed to have an internship with a screen printing company out of Buffalo for my senior year. Uh, that fell through because they're like, what can we do music wise for you? I'm like, I don't need music. I just need you to give me an internship to do. Um, so they dropped me. I convinced my department head to let me do an independent internship with Survey Says as like a tour manager slash fill in and then use that for my credit to graduate. It worked. It worked completely. Um, another funny story wrapped around that is I found my ride down to meet them in DC off of Craigslist. I had driven a professor's car from a town south of Fredonia, got paid to drive his Mini Cooper and take all my stuff in it to his son, which was just outside of DC. So I did that, got paid to do that, and had just like a giant garbage bag of stuff that I was carrying on a train with me as I got dropped off there to meet up and sleep in the venue till the rest of the band got there. That is cr- that was fun. That is crazy, but that's 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 actually like really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. um, I had used so I I think I had watched like Craigslist Joe maybe a month or so before, and just it kind of hit me to try and do something similar to that and like search for an opportunity. So opportunity happens. Um, but yeah, I filled in that week. It was my first time driving in a trailer with snow or driving with a trailer in snow. That was cool. Kind of. Um, and That's... we filled in, um, my singer at the time, Dylan from light and kill my parents picked me up cause it was spring break Easter weekend. I ended up spending Easter with him after the tour was done and he drove me back to Fredonia. But, um, yeah, we filled in, kind of talked it over. I, like I said, I didn't really have any plans after graduation. And Henry was like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I think it was around my birthday that year. We announced that survey says was doing fest in Florida. Um, I was playing with them and then yeah, finished my semester. I was home nine days. Then we did the link to the West tour survey says first full U S tour. It was 93 days in a Dodge Durango. Uh, I survived. A few of us survived. Some of us did not. And that is touring DIY in very small spaces. <laughs> First off, playing trumpet because in school that they just say you play an instrument, you either play an instrument or you sing or you do both. You end up just keeping it just because. Uh, you you end up keeping you end up keeping with the trumpet. A friend just happens to turn around and says, hey, you want to do a ska band? You don't know what ska is, and you don't expect a tour with it. And now you are in a ska band touring across the United States as you end college, where you first essentially interviewed for a position in the band by taking and getting credit for it for college. Dude, I mean, you <laughs> you MacGyvered that. Like, uh. It, it worked out great. It was I mean, the best thing. I, I got my degree in the mail. Um, but yeah, after that I, first big tour, we just had like gaps. I think that's when kind of the stint of support tours started happening. Because um, they told me one way I was filling in too. That was when the, the first survey says um, Big D tour happened in the fall. And that was cool. That was a lot of fun. And from there, it kind of kept going. Um, we went through a slew of drummers after that. Uh, we spent a week or two in Henry and DJ's house um, writing observations and then recording it. And then after that, we toured on it. Man. <laughs> Did uh, a few tours. Uh, we supported Real Big Fish in the U.S. and Canada. I think MXPX was next in the fall, where it was them, Alistair, and Zebrahead, which is huge for me. I, was, mm-hmm. I grew up being a big Zebrahead fan in uh, MXPX, so that was cool. I remember I that show. Next, that was yeah, uh, dude, yeah. You guys were at that one. <laughs> I remember that. Okay. Uh, yeah. And from there, um, I think that next year is when we did got the offer to tour with Goldfinger, which is still unreal to me. Um, John Feldman's a very intimidating man. He's awesome. <laughs> he, it's I, I think it's just his his presence, like he everyone knows about him. He's one of those names where you're just like, I know you work with a billion people. You're a great producer and you've obviously done this too. 
<clears throat> so that was cool. Um, our horns got to fill in for them every night too, which was unreal to me. So, um, I think that was kind of like our, not our deal, but like, Hey, you can open, but we need to borrow your horns for like four songs. So you got to play. With, uh, so when you say horns, that like you were part of that then, correct? Yeah. Like myself, uh, DJ Menzel and Mike Fenton were all playing like Superman, um, and three, two or three other songs they gave us. Dude, that's awesome. It was that's so fucking unreal. cool. I'm, um, that's no, awesome. that's what was cool for a lot of reasons. Like that was um, their drummer at the time, the original drummer, Darren. Um, we didn't know it at the time, but that was his last full tour with the band. He's originally from Buffalo. He's a big like radio. Um, I think he does mostly Adobe now, but he's a big like Sabres and King LA Kings fan. So he's a cool dude. Okay. Um, he used to work up at the Edge in Toronto. Oh, okay. And then um, that was when, around the time, Mike Herrera from MXPX started playing bass for them as well. Um, so it was a familiar face we had already known before because of touring with MXPX. So that was a nice breeze gap into touring with a big band that's crazy. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, that was our any of our first times in Europe or England or anything like that. So it was just very eye-opening. Now, um uh, besides, I, I I don't know. I don't want to say I assume that you never planned to go to Europe or anything. But I guess music aside, did you ever want to go to Europe? Like, like I'll say, oh, I want to um, go to Europe, but I really don't have any uh, real plans to go there. Like, I don't have I'd, plans to save up. Did you or was this kind of like sweet or touring? Say, um, I'm unfortunately like a very practical traveler. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to be like after doing this for so long now. I feel I feel weird vacationing. I feel like I have to have a purpose for going somewhere or doing something. And I know vacationing is its own purpose, but like I had never thought I had thought maybe like 20 years later down the line, maybe I'd go to Europe. No one. I don't know. It's not like it's it's a big thing, like planning wise, but also like you you need to set out time. You need to do a lot of time to plan for it. You need to make sure you can get over there. So it's just. It's crazy. It was crazy. It's still crazy. No, no. How'd you guys get over? Did you guys fly or did you guys swim, take a boat, drive? I don't know. <laughs> um, we all we all flew out of huh? uh, New York. I can't. I'm pretty sure it was JFK. Flew to uh, Birmingham because that was the closest and cheapest airport. It's like in central United Kingdom. All right. Um, I I don't I don't know Europe geography up. at He's all. <laughs> No, that's okay. I'm going to plug the guy who drove us, took care of us, and his name is Summers, Andrew Summers. He has a, he had a podcast called I'm Going, I think I'm Going to Leave Now. It's it's hilarious. Um, right. It's him talking, because he, uh, he's a professional driver over in Europe and England. Um, he tours with a lot of bands, Jeff Rosenstock. Um, basically, any support band you see, he's probably driving in his blue van. Um, I know he does like a Twitch stream now with Pokemon Go too, but my favorite thing about him is he plays in this awesome band called Eat Defeat. Ink Defeat. Eat Defeat. Oh, Eat Defeat. All right. Eat Defeat. Eat Defeat. Oh, okay. Very nice. They they rock ass. I listen to them all the time in the shower. I love you, Summers. Um, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. We got to play. I think no, we didn't. Maybe we did get to play with them, but. Um, I know they finally got to come over here to Fest last year in Florida, so that was pretty cool for them. Um, big thing, but no, they're they're doing good. So yeah, England was a lot of fun. I stayed over for a week and after and like traveled and I think I went to I went to Amsterdam and I ended up playing with a song with Zebrahead in uh, Harlem, which is weird. Um, they had a show the same day I was there, so I came over. Their janitor of the venue had a trumpet, so I just played that. Um, <laughs> I went to Dublin for like a day or two, check out the Guinness factory, that kind of stuff. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, that was the only opportunity at least of then that I could see myself ever going over. So I was like, I might as well take an extra week, enjoy myself and hope for the best. Oh, and um, I have no other friends that have done what you've done as far as traveling in that sense with the band. So and I say friends because I'm making friends with certain band with with bands out there, but 
like, no, none of my friends from school have ever done that. I think it's crazy, and I, I kind of get like uh, it's like a small pridefulness of like, hey, my friends out there, and that, look, look, he's in Europe. Like I remember like bragging about you to my other friends, like oh, the band survey says they're out there now, and it was cool, and I think it's an awesome experience that you know, there's a lot of bands here that do tour big that don't even get that shot. So the fact that you guys were able to take it, I think it's awesome. Um, now from survey says to keep flying, there was a little bit of a break I remember seeing. And when you guys came back, yeah. it came back with a very different, well, I'd say survey says felt more ska, obviously, but they were heavier, but keep so, flying yeah. is we joke and we say that keep flying is not Scott. It's actually thrash punk hardcore with Scott tendencies. That's how I describe it. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard like Scott adjacent. I've heard a bunch of like weird stuff. Um, yeah. As far as um, that Henry after service has was kind of not folding, but like there were some things that we couldn't resolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. Henry and, John, the sax player, were coming together for a new project. Um, I, at the time, was not in a place where I could play, so I decided to stay home and work and do other random stuff. Um, but no, they started the new project um, with the idea of just playing music they wanted to play. Um, went through a few member rotations to where the lineup is currently. Um, and they're rocking it as a five piece, John, Henry, um, Chuck, Charlie, and Pete, Pete on drums. Um, they're doing great. Like I said, I'm just, I'm kind of like the, uh, who's the guy, the, the fourth guy in green day. Oh, the, the one friend that was, uh, in the, he's in the one music video and he just kind of like stands in and films everything when they need someone. And yeah. Then he, like, I, and I then he jumps in on more lead. Of that. Like I, those, like the five of them are keep flying. And I'm just kind of like in the wings helping out. Well, well, not even as far as you like. It's like, I, I don't know, maybe behind the scenes, if you were a part of already in the mind of the creation of Key Flying, but did uh, after survey kind of was kind of coming to its resolve and kind of just ending its term. When you came back home, did you have plans to join this new band forming or were you kind of like those you, you you're still friends and you would support them if they came through? Or was it like, um, if you have a band again? let me know i'll be ready was that an idea it was it was kind of a mix of both to be honest um originally i had intended on continuing on but there were just some um some things i couldn't fully resolve within myself that they kept me in buffalo and kept me working on certain things so it was just it was more of a personal choice nothing against anyone or anything like that it was just kind of time to take self-care i'd been going pretty hard for the last like three four years and i just needed a change of pace mm-hmm. um so yeah they started their project which rocks follow your nightmares is a great force on ap mm-hmm. um after a little movement i think pete came on drums from carl they did walkabout great six songs love mm-hmm. them to death and that's kind of when walkabout's release was kind of when i started touring with them as like a merch person um, they had played Warp Tour a couple of times, had done the walkabout release with one of the Massachusetts Warp Tour dates on it too. So I drove down, we started out in like a basement show in Vermont and kept going from there. And then during all this, I was still working. I had a, a full-time job at a, at the mall I live by. Oh, so, so I was using vacation time to take a week or so off, um, I wasn't going on the bigger runs at the time. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing like the flyouts and stuff. And then follow up to probably la- about a year ago now, maybe a little before, um, I decided to leave my full time job to f- do merchandise with them full time. Um, we went on the tour with Sundressed, took some breaks, went on our other tours last year, uh, did the small state champs run, the home safe run, stuff like that. And then. Yeah, I wasn't really filling in wasn't really a thought for a while because that was never really the plan. It was just kind of like a, hey, we need to fill the void right now. You guys were just kind of there. Um, now, I mean, yeah, so it even sounds like even when you were still working a full time job at the mall, you were using your vacation time for you. I guess it would be a vacate. I mean, does it feel like a vacation when you take the time rather than? It was a- 
Like, I take workations. I take workations. I would go from my job. I would drive or fly. And I would, I remember one year from the holiday show, I caught a red eye flight back to Buffalo to make it just in time for my shift to open at the mall the next morning. And then I had to work an eight hour shift. So I, I would just grind. Like I would take, uh, occasionally I would take FaceTime calls from like John or other band members while I was working there. Cause it would either be dead or like we'd have to talk about stuff. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, now, but like it was, I'm sure it was tiring, but it wasn't that annoyance though work. It, you're enjoying it. So how was it kind of feeling like seeing other people take like genuine vacations? This, this is your spending your time to go out there. You, I mean, was it kind of taxing knowing that you're going to do it or was it just kind of you ate it up and it was more or less working the 8 a.m. the next morning because that was the da- that was the taxing part? Oh, yeah, it was definitely the day job being the taxing part. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like, I, um, I'm i happy with every decision to use that vacation time oh, yeah. to go out there and pull, pull the double grind because it kind of, after more and more time of, like, taking that time out, it came more apparent that I enjoyed that way more. Mm-hmm. Like well, similar jobs, working with clothing, retail, stuff like that. But like it's it wasn't even that. It was more of the people and just the atmosphere too. Like Yeah. Yeah, no, I I can I definitely can uh I definitely feel you it's kind of we've kind of have some of the same. Uh unfortunately with everything happening, we had to cancel we were supposed to go down to uh there's a convention that was gonna be down at Fayetteville out of uh right near charlotte we were supposed to go down there this weekend actually we were supposed to have uh me and chris were supposed to drive down to north i think north carolina or south carolina i, I can't remember one of the carolinas uh to go help me on a table with uh, some other guys on our network uh for, that do the power rangers podcast power rangers in cyberspace and it, it kind of sucked because it was like man I, like i wanted to take vacation and we were going to go down there and to work the entire time and it's just like, you you want to go, and you're mad that you can't, and then you're just like, all right, well, we'll go a different time. So, I, I, I oh yeah, I mean that. That's just not to be weird. Today I would have been getting home from Texas, like uh, keep flying. Had a run that was supposed to be. Um, I think we were leaving either the fifteenth or the sixteenth. I think it was the fifteenth because the night we were getting there right around Henry's birthday. And we were going to be in Texas for his birthday and my birthday, along with touring with Nominee and Dozer from Texas. But like we obviously with things happening the way they were, we had to cancel the flights. Mm-hmm. But I believe we're postponing that. The tentative date right now is November. I I saw you guys post something about the fall. I can't remember if it was October or November, but I did see they did get shifted. And at least the tour is still going to happen, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, so- we... All of, luckily, we're still in a spot where um, keep flying is not like Green Day or like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of small like State Champs or like any other band that's a bit more high, not high caliber but bigger. Yeah, bigger in the sense of like labels and presence and stuff like that. We're we're on the radar, but we're still very DIY and ethics. So like for Texas, all the promoters are friends of the bands or like want to work with us. So it's it's very small scale. So shifting it around and rescheduling isn't as hard as say like, I don't know. Today I saw the bad religion tour got rescheduled for October and that's cool, but we don't have to worry about like that kind of tier caliber. Oh, well, I I think it's awesome. And you guys definitely have this, uh, this DIY mentality. It comes through more or less in the approachability and the relatability because yes, I feel ska bands and uh, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call you guys indie. I wouldn't call keep flying indie because you're not really indie. Like you guys are, you're slowly, you're, like you're not that little, nobody knows you. Like people know who keep flying is now. We're and, just like a, we're a punk band. We're right. a punk band that you've heard of. Probably. I like that. They're a punk <laughs> band. You've heard of probably whether or not you realize it was them. Yeah. And at that level, there is this approachability where we walk up to you and the the band is at this, 
I guess if you're not friends, you don't know them beforehand, you can walk up and you'd see like, oh, wow, like who are these, who is this giant band? Who like, who is this band coming through? Because you guys do have this larger than life persona when you're up on stage. But then when you get to know you guys and with all the interaction and all the DIY, like you're always pushing and crunching and driving yourselves. It's not just one person that just kind of manages it and just does it all. And if it is, they make it look like it's done by everyone at once. Um, I'd say there's definitely like a trickle down system in terms of business and inside the band. Um, but everyone's got their role and stuff. Some of us are more of the creative content, the writers, I would say John handles the majority of the business and then it kind of floats down to myself for Jesse, our photo guy. Um, but no, that's, um, I, just to put your, like, talk about that personality or personability that you talked about. We're just normal people. Yeah. Like I, I, it, and that's, that's, that's kind of like what we tell everyone too. We're just like, we're those big nerdy guys that you probably knew in high school and just kind of are still here. We might go on stage, but like, we'll still talk to you about like board games or sports or music or Hawaiian shirts or whatever you want to talk about. Like we, there's someone in the band that can relate to you on anything. And that's kind of where we're at is we're just like, we're here to have fun with you. If you want, come join us. If not, we understand. So now like that is a great, that like that right there is a great, I don't know, let's see a mission statement or a mindset that you guys come with because it's relevant and it's prevalent. And I say it's one thing that if you haven't seen, listen, divers, if Molinites, if you haven't seen Keep Flying play yet or you have plans to, just when you see them, you'll know and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's, I mean, Ricky, you, you guys, you wouldn't know that you guys are as big as you are by just the small interactions. Some of these big name bands that it's just like, it's different and I think it's awesome and it's definitely one thing that I hope that you guys can keep pushing as you guys keep growing because I'm sure at some point when you get to that green day status there is this uh wall put between you and the fans there has to be at some point right uh I to be (laughs) to be honest I don't know like that's one of the reasons why like well for me coming from the outside at first and like us not asserting a position but like joining and kind of carving out my own part of this little area um there's room for everyone like we we don't judge we don't care like we've been through enough shit we're old enough where we don't like petty stuff but other than that like we're just here to have fun and enjoy and entertain like those 30 minutes or 40 minutes on stage they're for everyone else too but they're also for us just to feel like ourselves (laughs) I'll tell you from from stage performance alone, right there, you guys are all feeling great, or at least that's what I'm seeing. Uh, all right, man, we're we're slowly wrapping up on time, and let's say before we sign off, I guess just because I feel like I have to ask, it is a vinyl show. Do you have any vinyl? I will. I have a good. I have a decent collection. Nice. I if i can look real quick before we wrap up on discogs it gave me an estimate i'll be honest though i didn't start till probably eh, maybe like six seven years now but i have some decent stuff it's all like (laughs) it's all either random stuff or just like favorite bands of mine like i have a bunch of dagger mouth stuff but i've also got a bunch of stuff from a band called wolf face out of tampa clearwater florida where their big gimmick is they're just a punk band, but they dress up as Michael J. Fox from Teen Wolf with like basketball jerseys, the shorts, masks, everything. I found them at Fest and I love them to death. And they know this because I literally anytime we played together down there, I we just hang. Wolf Wolf Face, you said? Yep, Wolf Face. Listen, guys, go listen to them just for that alone. Go listen to them for that alone. Uh if if you're looking through your, if you're pulling through, if you're a vinyl person and you're looking through your discogs right now, uh why don't you share uh, before we go one or two of your like I don't want to say prize possession vinyls not not necessarily maybe if it's in like the rarity of a vinyl but like I had a teenage bottle rockets forty five of uh of uh, uh they did welcome to paradise like that was one of my prize over here what uh what are some of the gems that uh, that you let's could see. pull from. One of, I'd say one of my de- gems, I have <laughs> one of my gems because I'm a big supporter of friends and nerd, I would say is I, 
pretty sure I have the full, not including like test presses, but anything uh, Penimento has put out from Buffalo on vinyl, I've picked up. Um, they were a lot of supportive friends growing up, especially going in like when I first started touring and being more active, they were also doing a lot of stuff. Um, another cool one is I have a test press of Robots versus Zombies by the Flaming Tsunamis. Um, that's a pretty sick one to me. That's um, pretty cool. Another top favorite I would say is I have the picture disc of Turf Wars uh, by Daggermouth. It's one of my favorite um, like pop punk albums. They're from Vancouver. I got into them very late. Um, I've got a bunch of copies of Mutiny by Set Your Goals. Very nice. So you are a vinyl list. You are a vinyl fan. Then you you do collect. I collect, but I would say it's it's like half between like my favorite records growing up and stuff, and then the other ones are just like friends and memories. Okay, so that's that's kind of how I see. Whenever I go into a record store, the only buys I'll really just just buy is if I see a ska band, because ska vinyl is harder to find, and then it's one of those like. I want to get a newer. I want to get a nicer print of like Zeppelin IV or Rush twenty one twelve. Like apart from like certain iconic albums, I just try to grab uh, a lot of vinyl now from shows, which can't do right now, which kind of hurts and sad. Which is why it's great where if you're a vinyl collector and you want something new, head over to SmartPunk.com. Is it SmartPunk? Records? It's either SmartPunk.com or SmartPunkStore.com. Either way, you'll get there. Get the SmartPunk Smart Punk Records. Get that keep flying. Test, uh, not the test print. Get that Keep Flying EP, that live one they just dropped. And on top of it, I think over at Smart Punk right now, they have a whole bunch of shit on sale right now. I uh, heard they I'm do a lot sure. of cool stuff. I honestly, anytime they have a sale going up, I usually pick up like three or four records just because uh, Matt and the boys there are great, but also they have a really good collection. I think I actually seeing your shirt, I picked up a mustard oh. plug record, like they had an exclusive variant going on when I did a sale, so it was really cool. Nice. I think uh, the last I picked up Monster Plugs, uh, Evil Doers Beware when they were over here. Hell yeah. Um, I'm, I am, I will say for all my listeners and you, if you're, if you're floating through the ska scene and the vinyls, there's one I'm looking for by Monster Plug and it's, I'm probably going to end up having to order it, but it's the Big Daddy uh, Multitude with Mr. Smiley on it. I will keep it. my eyes open. Dude, if you see that at all, please just don't, like, don't even hesitate on asking me just if you're able to snatch it and then just be like, got it. Dude, done. Thank you. <laughs> See guys, that's how vinyl divers works. We reach out to our friends and we let them know what we're looking for as well. Uh, as soon as I'm back on the road, it will be easier to check out stores too. That's my fun thing. I've tried to like sell, keep flying records to record stores. Really? It works sometimes. Uh, have you, have you reached out to any of the stores in Buffalo? Um, We've reached out to a few. It's more like if we're on the road somewhere and we pass by a shop that's like buy, sell, trade. Oh, okay. <laughs> Still, hey, I'll trade you this Keep Flying. Who are they? Some punk band you probably listen to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, want, I want that on a t-shirt. Keep Flying. Some punk band you probably, you probably listen, to. listen to. I think that reminds me of... See, I love that I have a lot of friends that play in bands now. Um have you heard of the band Light Years? Not ska, very uh, more towards like pop punk. No, I've never heard of them. They're out, they're out of like the Cleveland, Ohio area. Light Years, or I, I'm probably messing that up. I'm sorry, Andrew and Pat, but um, they're one of my favorite shirts is Light Years. We've probably opened for your favorite band. Oh, that's good because they've done so many support tours that it's true, and they just don't. It rocks. Hey, there are bands that are meant to be support. Like, not that it's a bad thing by being a support band. Like, those bands are necessary for touring, regardless. And at some point, someone will open for you, assuming that you keep grinding and keep pushing and just keep growing. But, dude, Ricky, thank you so much, so much for calling in. Uh, as a musician, as an artist, as a friend of mine, I, I really appreciate your time and. Thank you so much. Before you go, uh, I, I ask everyone that I can come on that usually ends up liking, uh, that ends up being a fan of music. So I guess really everyone that comes on this, I try to ask if I remember, is uh, what are some recommendations for some ska bands, but not really just ska, I guess. What are some bands that you'd want to recommend that are, because you know so many, you know you know everyone. So what are some bands that uh, you maybe haven't talked about that you're like, listen, if you haven't listened to them, go check them out now. 
We haven't talked about him yet. Um, cool. So bands I haven't talked about yet. Let's see. There, I've I've gone through a lot of good bands. Um, just just like Scotland, a last. I feel like there's not too many going on right now. Um, I guess the one I will mention they they don't call themselves ska, but um, Millington from like the Albany Schenectady area. They're my buddy Cody's been working on that project, so I'll shout out Cody. Um, but a lot of stuff I've been listening to is a little more alternative, a little more different. Um, one of the bands I've been really jamming is Plans from I- Indiana. Okay. Um, their tags, We Are Plans. Um, we're supposed to go out with them in June with them and uh, a band from Chicago called Better Love. Um, right. Another ripper of a band. I met their one guitar player, Jackie. She was playing in a different band at the time and also played trumpet, so it was really cool. Um, no longer playing trumpet, but still rocks. Um, so I'd say those two bands, um, in terms of ska bands, you can't really go wrong, I guess. Um, unfortunately I feel like a lot of my friends aren't really playing anymore. That's okay. But check them out. Um, I feel like there's some things popping up. Yeah. Well guys, uh, Listen, you heard it from Ricky, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only. Uh, listen, if you if you go to a Keep Flying show, go check out that merch table. Go pick something up. If you can't go to a Keep Flying show live, head on over to their store page. Uh, Google Keep Flying. Band page is going to Keep Flying dot band. Go to Keep Flying dot band, as Ricky just said, and go pick up some merch from them, you guys. Support them. Uh, right now, no one's able to tour, so that merch is what they're looking for. Um, make sure to ca- check them out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, follow them. Uh, I, I do one thing I do love is that whenever the band goes live, it's not just, oh, it's Henry and that's it. You get the entire band usually ends up jumping in somehow in the chat, and you're now like, you're hanging with the we chat. Like, we, we just kind of hang out. Like, <laughs> um, when we did, I think it was that live of the, the Google Hangouts we all had together on Facebook. That was just, that was great. Henry was serious. That was the first time we talked and pro- all together in maybe a month or so. And it's, I think that's one of the downsides of everything too, is we don't get to enjoy the company of others as much as we'd like mm-hmm. to right now. Like, this is awesome. I'm, I'm glad that we've just been talking this entire time. And I truly appreciate the opportunity to just share and enjoy personal interaction. Um, but yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, I'm telling you, I feel the same way. I love talking, and that's one thing I've really just been like, I've been calling friends. I reached out to Josh and Jay. I was like, listen, do you guys just want to call in and talk? I'll record the conversation so we, ha- so I have something to put out. I go, but like, let's just talk and hang out. Like, I miss seeing people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like messaging um, is cool and everything, but like, Jesus Christ, like, put, get, give me a face. Hell yeah. But, you know, um, uh, but Ricky, if there's this is gonna, oh god. <laughs> I'm going to say my name now. My name is Ricky Coates. I am the merchandise manager and occasional fill-in for Keep Flying. Um, you can find them at Keep Flying Band on all the social media. And they are very nice friends that I appreciate working with. You guys heard it there. <laughs> Skype technical delays. Uh, Ricky, again, thank you so much. And divers, keep listening. Go support them bands.